Compression W2s and Triker on today's Fednababble. This is Fednababble, where Kevin and Cassie make federal retirement benefits understandable for humans like you. These two don't hold back as they answer questions from the FedPilot workshops and webinars or from questions submitted by you at fednababble.com. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to FedNababble. I am Kevin Jones. And I'm Cassie Knight. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into today's questions. What do we've got? Here is number one. Days of unused sick leave remaining after running the sick leave conversion into how many hours does that convert? I work a compressed schedule, 549, so I need to know how to make best use of that overage. Well, what say you, Kevin? <laughs> so here, here's one of the things that I find interesting is that federal, federal employees a lot of times don't understand how complicated their benefits are. It's just, it is really, really complicated. And sometimes when it's really, really simple, they make it really, really complicated. <laughs> it's almost the opposite, right? <laughs> Yes. And that's the no fault of their own. And I, I totally get why. I, I fully get it. So for uh, for example, another one that I, another thing that I hear all the time is Leo's uh, law enforcement officers, a lot of times they say, well, we get that, you know, that, you know, it's the wrong name, but they'll call it special retirement supplement or the gap insurance, right? And it's, and it's us Leo's. Well, actually <laughs> it, it isn't just you. It's any could be could be any first employee and so wait sure. wait i'm not special that way and i and i hear that yeah. a lot what it's just not me and so this one is so this one okay here's a compression schedule but it really isn't different than any i mean from the regular compression schedule of what it is when it comes yeah when it comes to sick leave um whether you're a compressed schedule or a regular scheduled employee whether you're part-time or what have you, it doesn't matter. Um, when you are looking at the sick leave conversion, you simply use the sick leave conversion chart, uh, 2087 sick leave conversion chart, and uh, that's it. Um, it's gonna convert the same no matter what kind of schedule you're on um, or anything like that, so. Right, that's... so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now, it does matter. Okay, hold on. Okay. I do want to say that when you're looking at retirement and you have sick leave being added to your retirement, if right. they don't make a full month, then you will have extra days. Okay. But it also depends on how many extra days you have in your regular service as well. So you have to figure out what those days are and how they can how we can make sure that you're not having like two weeks um, where you're not having that added to uh, to your um, where you're losing them essentially because right. maybe you have you know one month and and two weeks so it'd be uh, 45 days of sick leave and then you are you know leaving at the time that you have exactly 30 years you don't have any extra days and so then you're losing out on two weeks right so then right. obviously we want you to use those two weeks of sick leave to where you're not um you know before retirement so that way 
you're not just losing out on those days and not get paid for them. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that we help employees with, though, when they come to the advisor and they're asking those questions on, you know, how many days am I going to have um, and when, you know, how much time do I need to use before retirement and all of that to where I have, you know, no extra days, then we can run those scenarios for employees. Yeah. And I always say, give yourself just a little bit extra, just in case, because you don't want to miscalculate. You want to get, you know, you want to get, you want to get close. Absolutely. Use all the days. I mean, if you have, let's say 14 days left over, let's use the 14 days, but maybe give yourself a day or two or like in sick leave, you know, parlance, uh, a couple extra hours or two, just in case don't go down right to the wire because you never know. And and we've seen people say, okay, um, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to nail it. And then they get sick right before they have to retire. And then that eats into a whole month of calculations that they could have put into their form. Sure. So, you know, give yourself a little grace there, which would be kind of nice. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Here's a second one. Social Security. Okay. The SSS. So here, the social okay. Supplement or the special right. retirement supplement? Like, what do they so, mean there? So, okay. The, so I was talking about this with the just a second ago when we said the Leos call this, mm-hmm. I mean, every, everyone calls it this really, social security supplement or gap insurance or social security offset or whatever. And, and I've, I've said this before on yeah. Found a Bubble and I'm going to say it again. It's the wrong, you're, we're calling it the wrong thing. And normally, if we call something the wrong thing, it's like, uh, not a big deal. But in this case, I feel like it is a big deal because- It is a big deal. Calling it social Here's, security supplement makes you yep. think that it comes from social security, and it doesn't. I had this conversation with the advisor just yesterday. Oh, really? No joke. He emailed <laughs> okay. me and he said, hey, look, this person's coming in here tomorrow and I just want to make sure that you included the the, uh, social security supplement on her report. So I scroll down the page and I said, it's a special retirement supplement. If you call it the social security supplement, uh, it's not a social security benefit, number one. And number two, if they go to the social security office and ask about the social security supplement because they think it's a social security benefit, they're going to be talking about something way different. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is not the social security supplement. It is a federal benefit. It comes from uh, FERS. It it doesn't come from the social security themselves. Right. Okay. Um, And that's huge because again, if you're, if you're, looking at, you know, disability income or something like that, it's very, very important that we have these things correct. Right. So, so bottom line though, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I don't want to be sexist, remember? I think they're talking, <laughs> okay, talking about this, the earnings test for the special retirement supplement. Yeah, is that, I think so. Is that right? I, that's, uh, I, I believe so. Okay. So, the income is strictly earned income. Right. Okay, so TSP is not going, uh, or income that you withdraw from TSP is not going to count because that's um, retirement. Just like your pension doesn't count, um, that's just earned income, whether you're uh, self-employed or um, an employee, you know, working for a company. Either way, whatever income is actually earned on 
um, on those profits or that you have coming in from your employment, that is what counts towards the earnings test for the special retirement supplement. Got it. Nailed it. Yep. Not, that's that's a nice and easy one. I do want to add one more thing to SSS, Social Security Supplement, that, that name. Yeah. Um, you gave a great explanation of why. I'll, I'll say one more thing is that there are a number of... Um, it, I, overall, I think it's really important to name things what they are unless mm-hmm. they conflict. So, for example, the pension... And, and I, I don't want to confuse anyone, but this just will give an example. We know, well, let's say yeah. the TSP has annuities that you can choose. However, the pension is an annuity itself, is a form of an annuity. So, But we don't call it that. We don't call the pension an annuity because that'll just confuse people as to what it is. And does it come from, T- I've heard people say, does my... Pension come from the TSP, or and they get those confused. So, the language that we use is really, really uh, on purpose, and it's really important to understand what we use when we use it. Because number one, we don't want to confuse things. Number two, the more we can, the more we can label things correctly, the more of a better understanding we will have of it overall. So, absolutely, there's absolutely. that. All right. Was that was that question number two? I think that was question. Yes. Okay. Then question number three. I will be eligible for TRICARE. Okay. Th- this is a complicated one. Ready? I will be eligible for tri- TRICARE at 60. Again, TRICARE is the military's version of FEHB mm-hmm. at 60 because I retired from the U.S. Army Reserves. Good for him. Him or her. Whichever. I plan to carry my FEHB into retirement at the end of this year and switch to TRICARE when I turn 60. When <laughs> eligible for Medicare, I would have TRICARE as secondary. Is, is this advisable? So this person right here um, has a lot going on, but I think we can kind of take this question and sum it up in when this last, very last part, when eligible for Medicare, would I have TRICARE as secondary? Okay. So this is one of those things where it's really simple. Yes. But it's made very complicated. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> that seems to be Bottom the theme. Line. Yeah. If you have TRICARE, you must enroll in Medicare. Period. Done. Next. Period. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, here's, here's where it can get complicated. If this person is a military reserve technician, then they will not have the availability for TRICARE. And this is something that is misunderstood by a lot of these people mm-hmm. because they think I'm military reserve and I'm a civilian employee, so I have the option. You're your own special breed. Yes. And if you are a military reserve technician, I will tell you right now, you will not be eligible for TRICARE. Period. Um, so you're going to be stuck with FEHB in retirement. Okay. But if you are actually reserve and not civilian at the same time, so maybe they did have their separate service. Okay. Then they will be eligible for TRICARE. And that's when you're automatically <clears throat> having to enroll in Medicare anyways, because you're going to have TRICARE. 
Now, there is a way for federal employees or retired reserves or retired active duty um, to have the option to be able to get back on FEHB if they lose their TRICARE coverage. Right. Okay? So if they have FEHB at retirement, then they can suspend their FEHB in retirement and hop on TRICARE. Obviously, you'll still have to enroll in Medicare, so you'll have that. And TRICARE and Medicare will work together for that coverage. But if you're in a location where your TRICARE um, you know, pulls out or something happens where their coverage is not great, then you can hop back onto the FEHB and re-enroll right. during an open season or when you lose that lose that coverage involuntarily and have FEHB and Medicare. And so that's really, really strong. And I think something that really should be coordinated with people um, who have those different um, healthcare systems. And if they coordinate them right, then they can really set themselves up for success later. Yeah, that's a huge so. one that a lot of people can take advantage of. That is really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. Now, when I, when I, look at the end of this uh, question here. Is this, is that advisable? So you said, which is, which is spot on. If you have TRICARE, you have to do Medicare, period. Medicare. Yeah. A and B, yeah. you have to do those two. You yeah. just have to. So is it advisable? Well, when it comes to this being secondary, a lot of people say, well, how do I make it secondary? It just happens. It's not, you don't have to set it up as secondary. Once you get Medicare, right. it becomes primary. TRICARE becomes secondary, and that's just the way it is. So is it advisable? Well, if you get tri or if you get Medicare, it's just going to happen. So you're not going to have a choice on that one. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's exactly. pretty easy. If you want to TRICARE, then I would say yes, that is advisable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to have it in order for, for TRICARE to pick you up yeah. uh, on their coverage. But... Um, as far as who's secondary and who's primary, I think that um, boils down to who's covering what, who is your doctor, specialist, yep. what have you. Um, you know, some people take Medicare, some people don't. Um, with TRICARE, there, you know, it depends on where you're where you're at, um, and and so. I can't tell you who's going to be first or second in line, but what I can tell you is they're going to build one. Then the other person's going to get billed and they're going to cover, you know, based on whatever those limitations are. Because I'm assuming it's TRICARE for life, but there are other TRICARE programs. True. Um, that is true. So I don't know what those specific limitations are. However, um, if you've got Medicare, you're going to be 100% covered. And um, I want to say that even if you are not um <clears throat> Army reserves or active duty, your FEHB and Medicare work very good together as well. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's one thing that I'll say. You, it, as I'll, I'll throw this on the kind of the back end of this question. This gets this whole thing. Just I, I want to say the healthcare, but not only the healthcare, everything else gets really complicated when it comes to. Are you active duty or are you reserves? Did you retire one or the other or did you quit or is it disability or yep. and and on and on and on and on and on, right? There are 
different things that you should do in different circumstances. Even if your friend seems to have done the same thing that you did, it doesn't mean that that is what you should do as well, because you you may be very, very different. So as soon as we add in um, military into the mix, it complicates things. And what I love about your reports is that all this can be figured out. It's very, it's actually, I don't want to say it's easy to figure out, but it, we, Cassie, I'll, I'll just say this. You kind of make it, you kind of make the magic happen in the background so that, <laughs> so that when a federal employee gets the report, it's like, oh, that's what it is. And this is how it works. And that's great. But there's a lot of magic that happens. It's kind of like Disneyland, right? There's a lot of magic that happens in the back end, <laughs> but <laughs> you don't, you just get on a ride and you go and you have fun, right? But there's a lot that's going right. on in the background. <laughs> and the person who comes to Disneyland doesn't need to worry about all the extra stuff. They just get to enjoy it. And that's the way I feel like federal employees are. They just get to come to this Disneyland. They get to sit down with one of our advisors and our trust the network and just get your report and say okay there we go all the magic is done for me and here are the issues and the things that i need to figure out so that's 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 what i love about it myself our whole goal is to keep it simple yes keep it as simple as possible these things are complex these things are there's exceptions everywhere and it's knowing what pertains to you and what doesn't and that's our goal um, because we really want people to you know, have that information and be able to use the information that works for them so they can financially succeed, um, whether that's in employment or in retirement as a federal employee. The ultimate goal is to have the information and the tools and resources that you need um, for your situation to get to wherever you need to be. What's your, what are your goals and aspirations? We want to make those happen for you um, and get you on your way to do that. So Yeah, and it's not only just for you, but it's also for those around you because they're retiring mm-hmm. too. So if you would, <laughs> please like and subscribe and share so this here. with your with Hello. your coworkers. Follow yeah. all that good stuff, right? Because not only do you need to know this, but they need to know that. We don't want to see any federal employee have to get out of the of of the system of working for federal government for all of us for so long and then go, oh, man, I I think I mentioned this before. I had someone come back to my workshop 20 years after they were retired trying to figure out how to fix what they've broken. Mm. No. So that's what we're that's trying to help people thing. avoid. Please. <laughs> yes. Please, please, please. So, yes. And last words of wisdom, Cassie. Take action. Get the report. Find out what those benefits are for you. Um, Let's get you, you know, on whatever needs to happen for your situation. You know, let our advisors help you, um, you know, make those dreams come true for you. So. Very good. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. To get Cassie's comprehensive report on your federal retirement benefits at no cost, no obligation, and no sales pitch, go to fednababble.com. While you're there, submit a question for them to answer on the show.